Welcome to Wired AF. You're listening to your host, Stefan Brandon. Today, you're going to learn about what supplements should you take or should you even take supplements? We're going to go through casein, whey protein, creatine, and BCAAs. Yeah, obviously, there are a lot more supplements out on the market as well, but um, these are the main ones I think people ask us questions about. Definitely protein powder. People always want to know if they should take it, which one they should take, yeah, which brand. And like, there's so much information out there. It's pretty much whatever you read on the brand's website is what people will believe. So we're here to bring you the hard facts about whether you should have it or not and like what it actually does as well to your body. Exactly. And just a disclaimer, a bit of a, uh, I guess, supplement caveat and what you should know before we get any further is if you are not sleeping properly, not recovering properly, not eating correctly, um, or, you know, you have some abnormal habits, you know, dietary habits or something like that, no supplement is going to save you from anything. No supplement's going to be like a magic pill or that doesn't exist. So, yeah. Supplements are not a replacement for regular food. They're there to give you that extra 5% edge or for some people, 1%, right, we'll go with extra 1% edge. But, um, you know, supplements can give you that extra edge. But, of course, we recommend getting these particular supplements, if you can, in your natural diet first. So, for example, if you're looking at taking protein powder um, in, say, a protein shake, is it possible that you can get that protein from food first, from whatever food sources you can manage, before you then consider a supplement? So that's, I guess, the take main takeaway point we want to start with is if you can get it in food, try to because it's more easily absorbed, it's much better for you, just like any nutrient um, and then if you are struggling to get those particular nutrients, then that's where you might want to consider a supplement. Exactly. So we'll talk about our first one. Yes. Uh, we'll go through whey protein. Okay. Typically costs around $30 per kilo. So we'll start with the price. Uh, and then we can kind of talk at the end, you know, value proposition, which supplement gives you the most value and benefit. Uh, but I guess, yeah, $30 per kilo. Depends on which one you have. There's so many out there. There's rice protein, pea protein. There's earth protein, which is the one I have, just because I don't have a dairy one. Um, and then th- we'll talk about whey protein. So yep. there's two types. There's whey protein concentrate and whey protein isolate. So yes. Steph, do you want to talk to us about those? Yeah, so basically with whey protein, it typically, well, the whey protein does come from cow's milk, so from dairy. Um, the ones that Brandon's just spoken about are the, I guess, the other versions of it because now there's a lot of people who don't have dairy or who can't have dairy, so that's when they go for the plant-based proteins. Um, so whey protein, that comes from cow's milk and it's gone through a process where they basically separate it from the casein. So when you get cow's milk, when they first get it, they have to separate it into the curds and the whey. So the curds is the casein protein and then the whey is the whey protein. So they have to separate it, okay? Um, And then with that whey protein, they have to process it and filter it. Uh, They also have to heat it and they have to add citric acid to it as well to basically give you what's called whey protein concentrate. So after they've done this process where they're filtering and all the other things they do to it, uh, you then get whey protein concentrate which is about 80% protein. Uh, The rest of it is some carbohydrates, not a lot of fat, small amount, but very minimal. Then if you're looking at whey protein isolate, they've basically micro-filtered the whey protein concentrate even further. So the whey protein isolate, which is WPI, if people have ever seen it, it's basically a more filtered version of your 
WPC, your whey protein concentrate. They're both whey proteins. It's just that one's been a bit more processed and the other one has been just a little bit less processed. So the isolate, that's the one that's about 95% protein. So it's a higher um, content of protein, less carbohydrates in that one. So they're both fast acting proteins though. So they're both absorbed a lot more easily in the body. Um, So they're the fast acting protein. So if you want to get protein in quickly, you would go for either of those two. So with so with now knowing the difference between those two, mm. which one would you choose? Um, I guess it depends on your goals. So for someone who's looking at reducing the amount of fat in their diet, um, then something like a whey protein isolate might be better. Um, if you're looking at maybe bulking up and trying to put weight on, then something like a whey protein concentrate might be better. Um, if you're struggling just to get protein in general, then generally people will choose the isolate because, again, it's got the higher protein content so if that's the only thing you're struggling to get in your diet is amount of protein then you would probably just want to choose the isolate now when we talk about the amount of protein that person should be having Mm. um some websites in that reference like a 10 percent um proportion of your diet to be protein which is ridiculously low and probably a reason why a lot of people binge eat and Mm. struggle to have actually like a satiating diet anyway yeah obviously um steph and i were really you know we advocate around 20 percent, and so that what that would look like 20 percent of your calories coming from protein obviously um just give to give you an example if someone was to be consuming 2000 calories per day Mm. you have protein which is four calories per one gram so at 20% of 2,000, we're looking at 100 grams of protein per day. Yeah. Now, that's not unrealistic to achieve. So something like someone getting 100 grams of protein from their diet alone without the use of a supplement would actually be quite achievable. So for example, if you had you know, a breakfast that contained protein, a lunch that contained protein, and a dinner, and then you not only do you know just you know not just chicken contains protein yeah but cocoa pops has five grams of protein per 100 grams so like you know (laughs) cereals and stuff like that does have protein as well so a lot of people get get like you know there's a bit of just the meat yeah well they think like okay well potatoes is just carbohydrates well no potatoes actually has protein in it as well and it has Mm. fiber and it has all these Mm. other things in it um you know so people kind of get bit you know confused thinking that there's only one way to get each macronutrient whereas Mm. foods contain all macronutrients or usually just in different proportions exactly so you can still get you know it's quite easily you can see to just consume a normal diet throughout the day you'll easily hit the hundred yeah so then there may not necessarily be that need uh, especially if you aren't like training crazy like lifting really heavy or you know you're you know if you're not doing resistance training at all there might not necessarily be a need for whey protein at all or a protein yeah. supplement at all. Where it's really relevant or where it can be relevant and where it's quite useful is, for example, if you really struggle and you don't eat meat or you don't eat certain foods or you get quite busy because at work your boss didn't give you a lunch break or <laughs> for whatever reason you kind of have that backup, you can have a shake mm-hmm. or you can have, you know, add protein powder to your oats or something like that. And that's uh, it can be quite a cost-effective way yeah. at it's increasing. It's very convenient as well. Yeah. yeah. So when we look at like, you know, protein per gram or like the cost of protein per gram, thirty dollars per kilo, and that can equate to at least thirty serves because yeah. you know you get about thirty scoops out of it. Yeah. Uh, when you think about thirty dollars 
and it making 30 serves. It's a dollar per serve of protein. Thirty dollars, $30 worth of red meat is not really that much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. like, it could be like a meal for me, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of crazy, yeah. but it's just the reality. Yeah. So that is where those kind of supplements kind of, you know, come into their own and can be actually quite beneficial if they're used correctly and not abused yeah. and used in conjunction with your balanced diet. Mm. Uh, and you, obviously, you know, that's not all you're going to eat. You're not just going to have a protein shake for dinner or a protein shake for breakfast. Uh, that's not really anything that we're advocating. It's just know that this is how it's used this is how yeah. it functions and this is where it could be applicable yeah exactly like i'll have protein in my oats so i make protein oats when i have them because it's an easy way for me firstly i feel more satiated when i have protein with a meal which is like to be expected with protein like that's one of the roles that it has it sort of makes you feel more satiated so you don't feel as hungry so if i make protein oats which i'm sure lots of people are familiar with um then i feel a lot better throughout the day and i add some berries in there as well something like then for a snack might have yogurt with some fruit then lunch might be you know whatever um, meat or tofu or eggs maybe with some veggies and rice and then dinner might be pretty similar. So it's actually very easy to to get it if you're smart about it. And having the protein powder as a backup, like you said, it, it can make things so much easier and really convenient. Exactly. Yeah. Now we'll move on to mm-hmm. casein. So Steph yep. mentioned before there was the two ways that we um, or that protein is synthesized or mm. broken down into those two yep. uh, when they're in the processing phase i guess when people are trying to produce it yeah so you've got casein which is um 80 of the protein yes and then whey is the other 20 yes. so casein's that curd yes and then it's usually goes for around 40 dollars per kilo so it's a little bit yep. more expensive because it's probably not as popular and doesn't yeah. sound as sexy as <laughs> whey protein or wpi yeah casein people don't really know how to spell it people yeah. don't really know what it's used for they haven't really heard it before it's kind of a bit under the radar yeah but it's as you were talking before it's a slow acting protein yeah. so it does take a little bit longer for your body to process so then because of that you've got all these you know marketing campaigns being like oh it's cocoon they call it cocoon is one of the um is one of the companies that make it i think it's progenics and they're like you know you take it and they're like overnight you can recover your body (laughs) it's so ridiculous so you know casein's obviously isn't a magic pill it's just a slow acting protein so it just means it's going to take a little bit longer for your body to break down just because of its composition exactly so that's it might be something that you have when you go to bed and then you it breaks down overnight so it's just another way to get more protein in your diet so i guess if you're struggling to get protein in your diet and you can't get enough then it might be an option um but it's it's just slow acting i don't know if it's better or worse than like protein isolate or concentrate um it's still from milk so it's you know still it it comes from the same thing it's just a different like type of protein from the milk so exactly um that's something that was really interesting and something that people have kind of popularized in the fitness industries popularizes your ability um it's called you know maximum efficiency of your muscles to synthesize protein and people typically say that it's around 20 to 25 grams per meal Mm. now there's a lot of studies out there that kind of contradicts this and show that if you consume protein in conjunction with other macronutrients, so if you had protein in a normal meal, i.e. in a normal setting, yeah. you're actually protein, your maximum protein synthesis could be quite higher than that, anywhere between like 
can be up to 50 grams mm. or they, they didn't give a specific number but it was a higher number per gram yeah so so what you're talking about with synthesis is the way that your body breaks down the protein basically correct so if you're having protein by itself in a big serve maybe your body can't break it down but if you're having protein with other macronutrients like your carbs and your fats in a normal balanced meal then your body might be able to break down more protein than if it was by because itself. the absorption is yeah. slower because of all the other nutrients as <laughs> exactly. well yeah so that's know. something to be considered yeah. and obviously like everything new research is always coming mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. but uh yeah Definitely. just something for everyone to consider yep Exactly. Next on the list. Oh, wait, just quickly. I oh, was yes. going to say some, um, there's some interesting things I was looking into when I was reading into uh, basically whey, whey protein. And so there's some really beneficial things that you can use it for. So, for example, they can recommend it for um, cancer, hepatitis, HIV. It's antimicrobial. It's good for cardiovascular disease. It's good for um, people who are exercising, obviously, which is where most people would know of it. Good for people who are obese or, and trying to lose weight. Good for osteoporosis. Um, in infant formulas, you'll find it. And also good for gastrointestinal support. So there's a lot of different uses for WPI or whey protein. Um, it's not just used in the gym setting. So lots of people are recommended it for so their diet. So you don't have to be a bodybuilder to use yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Next one, BCAAs. BCAA, I'm interested about this one. What does it stand for, Brandon? So these are your branch chain amino acids. There are Mm -hmm. three of them. So you have isoleucine, leucine, and valine. Okay. Now these are all associated with muscle synthesis and um, like muscle growth and development. So they're, you know, that's their, one of their roles and functions is to do that. And just quickly, amino acids are the building blocks of protein. Correct. So if you took a protein molecule and you cut it up, you've got amino acids. The amino acids will make up the protein. Correct. correct? Exactly right. Yes, thank exactly. you. Chemistry 101. There you go. <laughs> Didn't think you were going to learn that today. I know, right? <laughs> you can get these from food. So that's the really funny thing about these kind of supplements is uh, really good sources of these foods are like eggs, fish, chicken, or just any protein source or any lean meats as well. You're going to get all your um, essential amino acids anyway, which are the ones that your body can't produce. So with your isoleucine, leucine, and valine, Getting them from a really expensive supplement like a $40 tub from mm-hmm. a BCAAs might not be the best way to go about getting these because your body's actually going to be consuming so many of them mm. that it's really concentrated if you're already having a really good diet anyway. So we'll and get so rid of them anyway? Yeah, so you're just going to be peeing them out. So you're going to have really expensive urine <laughs> because of that. Because of that, So it wouldn't make any sense to have yeah. a BCA supplement if you're already having a really good diet. And I currently see people having a really bad diet and then taking BCAAs all the time and then mm. getting the benefit of it. So it's something to be considered. A lot of these things like if you take a B group, very, very similar, is like a, a any of those water-soluble vitamins like a B group vitamin or a vitamin C, you probably notice your urine change color and become really dark yellow. If you have a B group vitamin supplement or like a, I think they call it like a ZMA or one of those other ones as well. Mm. So th- your body's just going to remove it because it's water-soluble. So that means that it's, uh, your kidneys can remove it quite easily um, if there's excess amount. Same thing for your BCAs. You're con- going to be consuming so many um, than what your body needs, so then it just removes it. Yeah. So it's not actually an efficient use of you know money and your body's realizing that it's not an efficient way of um, yeah. because it can't do anything with these, yep. so it just removes them. I guess the only benefit I can think of for BCAAs is that maybe it makes you drink more water because it tastes good. Yeah, because I've had BCAs in the past and they do taste nice, but 
yeah, they're, they're not cheap. It's really expensive so cordial. It's expensive cordial. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can think of other things that might um, make my water taste better than that. Yeah, well, hydrolyte's expensive, but I it think it's still, still cheaper than uh, PCAs. <laughs> there you go. Excellent. Something to think about, hey. Yeah, exactly. So if, you, if you're thinking about tossing up to get BCAAs, maybe don't. Maybe wait for the next supplement, which is creatine. Mm. So... Creatine is our next one. Creatine is one of the most highly researched supplements that exists. It is known to be one of the most, or it is the most effective supplement um, that is like not a banned substance yeah, right. uh, that you can take. Yeah. It's about $9 a kilo from bulk nutrients. I get it in the powder form. I was getting it in the tablet form, but it was really lazy of me. <laughs> now, there's a bunch of forms that you can get. So the creatine monohydrate is the best one. Don't worry about creatine, whatever other combinations there are of it because you don't need those ones okay. and they're just a real waste of money yep. because it's just a marketing scheme how they can sell more creatine so yep. obviously you want the 100% pharmaceutical grade version of creatine because that's going to be the best version that you're going to get because yep. you want obviously 100% of this stuff you don't want anything else in it no no impurities yeah, yeah. so with your creatine one thing that we just want to explain to everyone is how it works so adenosine triphosphate is ATP which is the main energy currency in your body. Now, in order for it to be produced and a constant energy supply in your body, your body needs creatine phosphate. So by having higher levels of creatine in your body, it's going to be a lot easier for you to, um, for those cells to have that uh, creatine there so that you can produce high bouts of energy or any, you know, heavy lifting or things like that. Any of those uh, movements that are going to use that pathway a lot is going to be really beneficial. So, what you want to do is have three to five grams of this per day and over about three to four weeks it'll take for your cells to be saturated and then pretty much all you're doing from then is just maintaining those levels of creatine in your body. Yep. So you don't need to have double dosing of creatine. You don't need to mm -hmm. take it at a particular time. You can take it whenever you want. You just have to have it every day and then after about three to four weeks you'll be able to maintain that. You don't need to have like a loading phase where you like ramp up and take 10 grams for the first week uh, and you don't need to have a break from it. So that's another thing. So people would often say like, oh, you cycle your creatine or stuff like that. You don't need to have a break from creatine at all. You can just keep having it forever. Yeah. So okay. there's no need for you to like have a, have a rest from it or anything like mm. that. Uh, and then the other thing is people often get like a water loading or a bloating. Um, there's something like that that people often find, like mm -hmm. they might gain lots of weight after immediately taking it. Mm -hmm. uh, if you gain, you know, three to four kilos or even like in one day, it's probably not the creatine. It's probably your diet. It's probably mm -hmm. something else that you ate that day or water bloating from it, other things. It not would just definitely that. be yeah. from something else. It's not, that's pretty crazy to <laughs> increase your ma mass by like you know mm. a couple of a few percent just yeah. from one supplement so that's something for you guys to consider creatine is going to be obviously it's really heavily researched in also improving muscle mass there's been plenty of studies you can look up where they do you know a control trial where they have people that don't take creatine and people that do mm. and they increase their muscle mass after six weeks of lifting or six weeks of training yeah so basically i guess what you're saying from that in summary so creatine is really great at providing your body with a little bit more energy so that it can do those hard bouts of exercise more repeatedly and you can basically train harder. Yeah, so that's the key yeah. thing. So being able to repeat it. So yeah. the more volume you can perform at a mm. higher weight, stronger you get, more muscle yeah. you can put on. So that gives you that, yeah. uh, I guess, almost like more consistent. Um, level more consistent training, more consistent lifting or even like sprint training as well. Especially things like that. Yeah, yeah. track and field will benefit from a lot. High, yep. Any high power setting. 
Yeah, perfect. It sounds like it's um, really good to take then, I guess. Yeah, everyone should take it. There's yeah. also some research about helping um, bone density and, mm. and reducing, you know, cognitive um, aging as well. Yep. So, yeah, even if you don't train, take it as well. <laughs> so I guess like our final um, take-home question is, all right, which ones should we take? So, Brandon, what, what do you think? Which supplement should you take? Yep. Well, you should <laughs> take green tea. <laughs> uh, and then it's cheap as yep. when you look at the actual benefit of what you're getting per dollar. Yeah. Uh, protein powders can be so expensive, especially if you buy them from the supermarket or you buy like your trendy Inst- brand. like your Instagram famous you know, brands. I know we did the giveaway with True Protein, <laughs> but, you know, like they're a kind of trendy brand where they source the ingredients from like, lots of international comp like lots of mm. other places and mm-hmm. you know they have you know hungaries where they get their this yeah. product and they get this product from there and they get yep. they source all the best <laughs> and it's like Oh, just a quick, yeah, it is just a quick side note on supplements actually before we finish so i don't know if people know this but supplements in australia when they're passed for people to go on the market the supplements in australia they're actually held to drug standards and pharmacy standards whereas supplements in america are held to food standards so Food standards aren't quite as high as drug standards. So that means that the supplements in Australia that you're going to be buying, if they're Australian ones, they're held to a much higher um, rigorous testing process than the supplements in America because our supplements are held to drug standards rather than food standards. So hopefully that makes sense for people too. So if you are going to be getting Australian brand supplements, it's probably better and they're more rigorously tested than the ones in America. Um, And there's a lot less crap put in them. Um, Of course, natural is better, like we've been saying, but that's just something as well that um, not everyone's aware of. So food for thought, supplement for thought. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) No, exactly. So, and then with that, you know, you want to be taking something that's going to be in conjunction with a balanced diet. Yes. And with a balanced diet, you probably don't need to take any of those other supplements. Mm. So you, you might not need to, you definitely won't need to take BCAs. You definitely won't need to take a whey protein or any kind of protein supplement. And mm. you won't need to take casein if you're having, you know, your dairy regularly. And if you're having your, um, lean meats and you're yeah. eating you know a wide variety of green vegetables and your mm. lentils and beans and stuff like that that we yep. spoke about in the plant-based episode yep. which was the two two previous episodes just gone yeah three previous because yeah. we're a week ahead if we're putting this yeah. out but yeah i only have protein like i don't know three times a week four times a week maybe and it's usually like a lean meat you mean or like no, a, no, a protein supplement oh, like okay, i only yep. have a protein supplement yep. like maybe four times a week i was gonna say you only have protein no no it, i uh, have protein in every meal otherwise but like yeah I, I only have a supplement like not every day i have it every couple of days just depends on how i'm going for that day but yeah it's uh you don't have to have it flat out no <laughs> So just a quick little reminder, guys, book club is back and we are currently reading Atomic Habits. So Brandon's reading the hard copy. I'm listening to the audiobook version because I already had it. So I thought it would be better than just waiting for the hard copy while Brandon finishes it. Yeah, but I told you you could have taken it earlier. <laughs> no, I know. So we're reading Atomic Habits by James Clear. If you guys want to read it as well, that's going to be our first book co- book club episode for the year. We're expecting to record that podcast episode in a few weeks. So we're expecting that we'll have it to you hopefully by the end of February. Yeah, I think. by the end of the month. Yeah. So uh, get on it. If you haven't read it, maybe give it a good read or listen. Uh, awesome book so far. I'm absolutely loving Have it. Have you had a favourite moment or a favourite part in that book so far? Um, 
Oh, I love where he talks about like tiny habits, how the the tiny habits and the habit stacking, you can create oh, like yeah. a routine for your habits of when to put them into your daily life. I don't want to go too far into it. So we don't, yeah, I don't want to yeah. ruin it for everyone. But I think my favorite really part good so, so far yeah. has been the chess players, the sisters. Or the, 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 that family, the chess players? The oh, one that I haven't got that far yet. Haven't you? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I won't spoil it. You're ahead then. of me. But uh, yeah, just amazing. If you have a really good environment, you can be really successful. Yeah. But that's just what we already know. But anyway, yeah. hopefully you guys are enjoying the podcast. And if you have any questions, let us know. You can reach out to us uh, on our Instagram, Wired AF Podcast, or you can message Steph and I directly uh, on Instagram. The links are everywhere. Hopefully you're listening to it on Spotify or everywhere else where podcasts are found. And that's about it, guys. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye.